Back in the 70s, board games and improv theater had a baby, and it was called the role-playing game. These games allowed a generation of kids to live out their dreams of slaying dragons and saving kingdoms, all while sitting in their bedrooms and basements. Today, gaming has moved into the cultural mainstream, and role-playing games are back with a vengeance. Join us now as five of these former kids come out of the basement and onto the internet to experience adventure, mystery, and obscure pop culture references. It's time for Roll for Combat. Hey everyone, welcome to Roll for Combat. I'm your GM and host, Steven Glicker, and in this week's show, the boys just finish up a big old fight, and they continue to look for the hidden cultist base. Plus this week, my GM PC tip is actually going to be a PC tip. I've been doing a lot of GM tips these last couple of months, so I figure I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to start doing more PC tips for all of you out there. This week's PC tip is how to make your player character awesome. That's right, I'm going to talk about in detail how you too can make your player character the coolest character of them all. So a few mini show notes before we get started. First, we had a contest where basically I just asked people to talk about their favorite part of the Roll for Combat podcast on our Discord channel, and I'm going to pick a winner and give them something really cool. So that will be at the end of the show. Second of all, in the middle of the episode, you're going to hear we had some technology issues. So these do come up, and usually I cut these out, but I kept this in just so you can hear it a little bit. There were some issues with the saving, but we did get it fixed. That is one issue whenever you use a program like D20 Pro or Roll20 or any of these, is that you will have technology issues. Usually, I always catch them right away, but this one was really tricky because the will saves were rolling correctly for me, but they were not rolling correctly for the players. And it actually wasn't really a bug. It sort of was a library issue that was very easy to correct in a day or two. Of course, when these things happen during the game, things get really hairy. And as you'll hear later, there are some unforeseen consequences because of these technology issues. I'll explain that a little bit later in the show. Otherwise, let's get right into this week's show of Roll for Combat. In the words of David Bowie, let's dance. Put on your red shoes and dance the blues. Jason McDonald is playing the Soki mechanic Tuttle Blacktail and his drone, Cheddar. So last we left off. You guys killed a whole bunch of these screechling little things. You were then sifting through the dirt mounds on the asteroid, and you actually started to find stuff. You went to the lower part of the cliff where the Sisyphean was, the guy, the sniper, and you sifted through that. You found that there was a corpse in the silvery pile of ash, and it was once human, and the iconography on the corpse clothing signifies it as symbols of the devourer, and there was nothing left of value on the corpse except on one of its bony fingers was a ring of sustenance, which I believe Tuttle was given. And that's yeah, where we left. I think I had lobbied for that. You have the cheese. 
John Stats is playing the Vesk soldier, Mo Dupinski. That's it. That's where we are. I believe we were going to go counterclockwise around this area and hit all of the dust piles. Was that right? I think so. I think that's I think that's our last plan. I can't remember which ones we went to, but I think we were going clockwise. I think the last one we officially did was the Hiro- the one Hiroji's standing on. Mm-hmm. But we hadn't we we put a couple people on the next one, but we hadn't actually done it yet. Oh, I thought we had done where Mo and no 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 where you and I are. That's where we. No found no, the, no, uh, no 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 no. You were searching. You actually searched where Hiroji is. That's where Hiroji was. Oh, man. so we haven't done any of these other. Uh, Files. No, no, no. You started the only ones. Wait a the minute. Only ones yeah, that that's done is the one where Cheddar is, where the uh, Screechlings were. Screechlings. You searched there, and in the Screechlings, that's where you found those nasty corpses. There was the Onyx and Ruby ankle bracelet. There was the cred stick, and there was that magic glove that none of you were able to identify. You found that. I, I remember the cred stick. Everything yeah. else is blurry. Bob Marquis is playing the human envoy, Rusty Carter. And then also there was that mountain of corpses, and you found the uh, symbol of a devourer, and you found some rare coins. And you also found some bars of pure silver and a thin, ragged, rusted piece of metal that said Imura Excavations engraved in Castrovellian, if you remember. And then you found a whole bunch of the spore. Uh, oh, that was the other thing you found there. You found the, the Sporian rifles and the tactical dueling swords and cred sticks, all that fun stuff. That was all from the center. That was from all over the place. Okay. So you haven't done the north. You haven't really done the west. And you haven't done the southeast oh, okay. where, that, uh, where those sparkly um, metal is. Yeah, we haven't d- gone over there. Okay, I thought we had gone to where Hiroji is, and then we moved to the next pile, and that's where we quit. So, all right, let's go to where Hiroji no. is. And you haven't done any of the cliffs or anything else either. Okay. All right. So, if I recall exactly, sort of where we are, it's we've kind of cleared out this above ground space. We're about to go down to the southeast area, and theoretically head into the actual asteroid soon. So the question is. Based on resource management and our time sense and everything else, are we in that situation where we might want to camp out overnight because we haven't actually, you know, let the pirates know or let the cult know we're coming and actually have all of our resources back to full? You guys are first sort of on the clock. And two, yeah, I know, but you have tons of resources. Now, you're not even halfway through. I've used zero resources. I think I took one 10 minute rest. I have all my, you know, my bonuses. I- I'm not talking about me. To, what's our healing situation look like? And that's the thing. It's uh, you've taken quite a number of ten minute uh, rests, as I recall. How many? Not really. I, I, no, I have some left over. I definitely have some left over. I was talking about. I think I have only like two healing uh, serums, but we have all the spider, spider, spider left over. And I still have six resolve points, so I'm in pretty good shape. I'm at seven. Or actually, no, I'm at six. Sorry. Yeah, my Mo's at four out of seven. And Mo has four healing serums left. Actually, that's enough. That's fine. I marked in red all the areas that you have not searched so far. Not searched or have searched? Not searched. Yeah. Okay. I know we searched that one the farthest to the west. After we went in the acid, we searched all around that area. Nope. Yeah, I thought we did too. Nope. Yeah. 
I remember okay, saying, let's, nope. well, we'll do it again. All right, so let's... <sighs> All right. We went over this. Like, we ran over this area in search. Now, this area where we're standing right now, I agree, we kind of fought our way over the top of that hill and then moved on quickly. I can believe we didn't search, but... I yeah, you, you, did, you jumped up the hill and then jumped down the hill and then ran forward. How about we Greyhawk the red spots? Chris Beamer is playing the Lashunta operative Hiroji. Yeah. Let's just do counterclockwise. I go over to do the, the far right, and I search there a lot. Okay, you search there a lot, the top of the cliff. You find a small cloth-wrapped bundle stashed in a crevice. Oh, nice. There's stuff all over this planetoid. Oh, God. It's that, it's that whole... It's your people, Chris. It's, it's that... Remember, the assassin was hanging out here. What do you do? I give it to Chris to open. Uh, my name is Hiroji. I give it to Hiroji to open. All right, Hiroji examines it, opens it up. I wait before it blows up. You open it up, and inside the cloth, there appears to be a mobile hotelier. Oh, what? The mobile hotelier. The it's like a mobile hotel. It's like a tiny hut. Isn't that like really? a the tent is it, or whatever? Is it yeah. Liaman's tiny hotelier? Yeah, you guys have one of those. Remember. Actually, I don't remember. Do we, we currently have one, or we just have one on the jungle mission? You had it on the jungle mission. I don't know if you kept it with you. I thought you did, because you guys liked it. It basically has a battery, and it allows, it pops open, and allows you to like live comfortably. It gives you life support? It has like air conditioning. Yeah, it's got all that stuff. And now I remember, because I remember I paid for the upgraded one, so I'd have extra luxury. Right. Mm-hmm. You okay. find yeah. six ready-to-eat rations. You find a cred stick. And you find a small leather-bound journal. Ooh. How much is on the cred stick? I knew you were going to ask that. 2,800 credits. All right, I tell them, hey, I found a mobile hotelier, I found some food, and I found a small journal. So, uh, uh, I start reading the journal, and I nod very intelligently, regardless of what language it's in. You meant you, you notice I didn't mention the cred stick. Yes. I, 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 I saw the <laughs> You look in the journal, and it is a language you do not understand. I nod intelligently, and I page through it very slowly, nodding even more as I go along. Perhaps I better take a look at that. Uh, yes, actually, you'll find it fascinating. Though I think Dr. Tuttle is really the one who needs to look at it. We need somebody with intelligence. Oh, that would be Actually, me. even better, you need somebody who took Comprehend Languages as a spell. Oh! Wait, that no, would not be me. That ability? Huh. Well, yeah, right. I took the Technomancer dabbling in Comprehend Languages as the spell that I took, so I can actually cast Comprehend I, I thought Rusty was also a spellcaster. Wasn't he like a third-level Technomage? Why don't you oh, I know. Him? That's actually why I want the rest of you to look this over. It's amazing. Here, Dr. Tuttle, well, why don't can you I, tell about is, it? Is this a language that I know? Is it Castrovalian or anything? No, it is not. It appears to be a language you do not know either. You can give me a culture check to figure out what type of language it is. I will. I will do that. Okay, I do a check after reading it. Fascinating. My bluff is 31. What do you think it is, Rusty? Uh, my bluff is 31. I think it's fascinating. Dr. Tuttle, please take a look at this. You okay. can explain it to you. <laughs> Hiroji looks at it, and he knows what it is. It is Sarsician, which is obviously the same language as the creature you killed, as well as the other ones, and hmm. whose rifle you're carrying around. Yes, I like that. Makes sense. Well, that much is obvious. I'm sure we all picked up on that. What I meant is some of the deeper meanings here. Exactly. Well, uh, I can't read it. I do know it's Sarsician, but perhaps uh, we can let Tom take a look. 
Yeah, I, I will I, look I get at it. The I will look at it, and I will actually cast comprehend languages on it. Does that allow you just to read it? Like it's. I believe nothing? it's. I believe it's written. Let me let me double check that. That's awesome. Sure yeah, language. I think it does work. It's like only our second time using magic in a year. I don't even remember the first time we used. Yeah, order. I don't remember the first time. Have we used magic? I yeah, Huddle used magic for something else. I don't remember what it was used for. Mage hand. Yeah, did I use hand. the mage hand during yeah. the, the the acid pool to try to like pry loose something or other? Right. Okay, you can hand. understand the spoken or signed words of creatures or read otherwise incomprehensible written or tactile messages. So it's the same as Pathfinder. You... Oh, the ability to read does not necessarily impart insight into the material, merely its literal meaning. The entries describe the stubborn Caesarean's disagreement and personality clashes with others of his kind and his nearby home, and they detail his decision to leave and spend a month cooling down on this asteroid. Their journal entries become increasingly jumbled going forward. References to a flesh beast recur multiple times until Yex, which is his name, begins referring to the same creature as Master, Master, Maudlin praise of the creature as a higher power suddenly gives way to gibberish written in no known language. The journal final entry simply reads, Yex keeps scratches away, so Master finally make Yex into Scree. Yes. Wow, that's cool. I don't think we've found a Master yet. Okay, so he's crazy. You can do a life science check to maybe figure out what that meant. I might have a point in that. Roger rolls a 15 and has no idea. Uh, oh, I assist. 17. I was about to assist, but now I'm rolling my own. Misty mm-hmm. rolls a 6. I have a point just to assist. That's all. That was pretty pathetic. Um, well, I wouldn't have assisted anyway. So. It's, he said Scree, and you don't know that the two things you fought... One was the Scree Ling and the Scree Shire. So maybe one of these Scree things was controlling his mind. Mm-hmm. Are there Scrawl and Cree? No. Could be. Well, they're emerging a Scrawl and Cree. A Scree. That's right. I'm I sure. I bet, I bet you I that's... I got it. Yeah. All right. Well, I, th- I say we, uh, we, we, we table that and we uh, move on and search this where I'm standing now. Okay. Sounds you, good. You go to the west. You search some more. Search, search, search. Search, search, search. You find nothing of use in the rubble and ash and stuff, whatever that is. Over here? Wait. Well, come come join us. We're, we're to your east. Oh, we're done with that one. We're done with that one. Yeah, you're done with yeah, that one. I only remember you searching one. go further one. to Great. the west. You There's a very large, huge pile. This is taking several hours. And you search, kicking around the dust and just sort of like fumbling through it, and you find a nothing. Let's continue uh, counterclockwise. No leads to charge onto the next dirt pile. You go to the dirt pile that's in front of the green acid pool, which you loved so much. And you find something interesting. Almost exactly where Mo is standing. You find something metallic in the floor, in the ground, underneath the dirt. Oh. Is it a hatch? Like a plate. It's a hatch. It is a hatch. Nice. Well, that's what we've been looking for. Excellent. All right. 
Oh, no. That's not what we were looking for. That's exactly what we're looking for. We were looking for treasure. Okay. It's right I, I think there. You're forgetting the whole mission, Ron. Yeah. Yes. Right where you left a dead body, ironically. I that, expect that behavior from Hiroji, not you. <laughs> so, yes, there's a hatch in the ground. I'm leading by example. All right. Wait, so, there's a number sleep. on this hatch. It seems to be 4, 8, 15, 16. Never mind. Don't worry about it. The oh, only other thing is do we want to clear the other two? Yeah. Oh, yes. 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 Yes, we do. I go there. You search the southernmost dirt pile and find nothing. And finally, uh, this will be a whole new area. We have not been around. So this is an, this area is fascinating because this is not actually ash. This is metallic shards. And you can give me a physical science if you actually want to know more about these shards. Roger Rosen. I'm going to. We're starting off great with the rolls I'm going to assist Dr. Tuttle. Add two to Dr. Tuttle's roll for physical science. Does Tuttle have physical science? What do you think? Of course he does. I just assumed as much. It's, I mean, it's, it's just just a plus thirteen. Oh, wow. and of course I get a roll of three. But plus two for me. Eighteen. Wow. <laughs> well, your plus thirteen beat Rusty's plus one by yes. one. Good job. You uh, think you know what it is. With a little bit of a help from Rusty, <clears throat> you realize that this is cold iron metal. Oh, really? Yes. Ooh. Actually, that could be very valuable. Can I make bullets out of it? Could I gather it up and sell it somewhere? Yeah, what's yes. the value here? You could. You can gather up probably 10 bulk worth of cold iron, and it's worth a little bit more than 1,000 credits. We can just carry for it back to our thousand credits. Oh, yeah, we do that. 10 bulk worth? Yes, that's all. Well, we just carry it back to the ship. We're not yeah. going to be hauling Where is our ship again? Uh, it's, it's, left. it's to, to the, the right. It's to the east. Yeah. Right. Uh, the other thing is you do also find a pendant in the dirt. Oh, Ooh. really? Uh, who has culture? Is it a culture thing or is it more of a mysticism thing? Or like, It's I a mysticism a... thing. That's what I uh, thought. I have that. Uh... I have every skill. There we go. Boom! Oh, nailed it! 24! Actually, you did nail it. 24 mysticism, because you rolled a 19. <laughs> nailed it! There, that's what it looks like. That is Wait, on, a look. dented silver amulet with a oval pendant and a red stone embedded in its center. It's only worth about 25 credits, but that is the unholy symbol of the devourer. It looks kind of Klingon, I have to admit. Uh, I put it around my neck. Ooh, it looks wow. good on you. Is it magic, though? It is not magic. There's no magic to it. It's just the symbol of the, the devourer. holy symbol? So wait. Cool to swear. Um, Rusty, you should wear that. Uh, okay, I, I was actually like putting on because, oh, I'm so special. But okay, more metagame. I will wear it because if we it were like a calling card for a cult underneath, I would have the best chance of actually trying to bluff my way through it, saying I belong. So meanwhile, now, it actually does make sense. Now you That's know you know how that did not work so well for Arnold in Conan the Barbarian. You well, remember, I was actually that thinking that. I did yes. not say that. <laughs> Here's my question: <laughs> Have you seen that Arnold's acting ability versus my acting ability? Oh, that's Arnold true. Is so good and such a good movie. Not as an actor. 
Are you going to walk around just showing it to everybody like a doofus? Hey, yeah, yeah. That's the one that was hey, stolen. I'm, we're all culting here today, aren't we, fellow cultists? Ooh, hey, cult on, bro. Can we go over there? I am shy. <laughs> Never mind that every other cultist is like kind of pale, scrawny person that you got Arnold running around. Uh, beefy Arnold. Yep. Doesn't fool anybody. <laughs> so is good. that is that your robe? Yes. It's all I own. Uh, <laughs> it's like, poof! It's all you'll, all you'll ever need. need. <laughs> okay, well now actually on a more practical point. Do we actually have any idea from our Google, our, our space Google or anything, what a cultist like this would dress like? Because I could use a disguise ability to try to look like one. Oh, we've got bodies everywhere. That is an excellent point. Yeah, the cultists, you, you've seen them. They have, they're reavers. They have like horrible reaver outfits. We saw them in the jungle. We've we've seen them out here. They're everywhere. Yeah, we've seen them uh, okay. Uh, I would like to take little bits of their costuming and adjust my appearance. I have a disguise plus thirteen. Oh, that's awesome! Nice. I've never seen this before. This is like an undiscovered country. Uh, I mean, it's. I could either claim I'm your prisoner. I could claim that I am actually leading you around, or honestly, they're just going to shoot me. I mean, it's just. You know what? I'm going to do this. Role. I'm going to do the same. How about that? Oh, that's cute. You know, your antenna are going to work against you. Uh, 12. I only get plus 9 to that roll. There, you can see that's kind of what a cult is. Okay, I have a disguise of 31, Steve. I'd like that for the record. (laughs) I'm pretty sure the nerdy rat is not going to pass as a cultist. But still putting that down on the record there. Disguise of 31. Okay, you do that. Come up with that. So I think what we should do before we explore the hatch is take all of this junk, including the 10 bulk of the cold iron, all the guns we found, the swords, all that stuff that's heavy and we're not going to use, and bring it back to the ship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're you're thinking what I'm thinking. Yeah. We're we're going on a mining mission. We're going to actually take everything not nailed down in this room. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's the. Standard operating okay. procedure. So four silver bars, the two rifles, the two swords. That's sure. all the credit sticks. It's all right. there. It's all there. there. Okay. The credit sticks. You don't need to unless you really want to. That you can. Hold. Yeah, I put them on the ship just because if we yeah. get captured, they're going to steal our money. Yeah, I'm just thinking this in terms of like you know when the military sent in troops to get Bin Laden. I'd love her if like six hours later they heard, "How's it going?" Well, we found this suburban neighborhood and we decided to loot that for a while. We're going to get to Bin Laden any minute. Yeah, yeah I, I tend to think of myself more as a privateer. So yeah, I'm a mercenary. These, these things are going to happen. This money is f- first, usually. Well, I, I am soldier mercenary. Oh. Yeah. Then hut. Pirate is such an ugly word. It really is. It's also has but surprisingly so much accurate. <laughs> privateer. So let me know when you guys are ready. Uh, after we've looted, after I've done my disguise, we're done checking. We move back towards the hatch. We're ready. I'm gonna lock and load all yeah. my all my. Actually, I don't know how long it takes to recharge batteries, but we fully. I'm starting yeah, with all fully sure. loaded weapons. We have so many batteries, we just rotate them. You yeah. can actually charge them on your ship. Yeah, so everything's fully charged. Yeah, for right. me. Takes that's like a good no call. Time. Takes I bring one of the rifles, of course, with me. Okay, I like that rifle. So you guys. So what? What is there anything of note that you're leaving on the ship? I guess you're going to keep the ring of sustenance, right? Whoever has it. We're going to keep... I think we should hold on to the glove, just so maybe if we can identify it later. Did we get one or two gloves? I thought it was just one. No, it was one glove. Uh, Tuttle, you have the glove, too, right? I think I was holding the glove, but yeah, I didn't want to You are holding it. Yes. Oh, well, you might want to try. 
Well, we'll do it if you don't want to do it, but uh, I think someone might. I mean, this it might, might not. In proximity. It's not proper scientific protocol. Just go putting, yeah. strange, to putting strange gloves on. I'm in agreement. Uh, you should spend more time in the Vescarium. We'll teach you pro protocol. What, bang, <laughs> banging rocks together? They do a lot of that in the Vescarium. They do. Rocks don't bang themselves together. <laughs> a Vesk is never unarmed. <laughs> well, I look forward to reading that paper when it's published. <laughs> well, they first have to develop a writing system. On the Collision Properties of Stone by Dr. Modipitz. <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts on stone. ironically written on stone tablets. Thoughts on banging. I'm oh, sorry, Doctor Maurice Dupinsky. <laughs> Maurice, yes. Do you need your formal name in that situation? That's yeah, fine. Maurice Dupinsky, please. All right, so I guess we'll bring the glove, right? And uh, and that's pretty. Yeah, much I don't it. know how long we're going to be out there. If there's a chance to identify it, we can take another crack at it. Yeah. Exactly. Is, are, are we running out of time on our suits as well? I mean, is that like a thing? I mean, once we go on we the should ship. still be in the first day, basically. It's like days. You okay. have days okay. and days on your suits. All right. Just making sure. I'm trying to think. Do we have rope? Yes, we have rope. Uh, do we have. Yep. Okay. I, but we have everything we had the first time we left to go on this adventure. We're and, this, and this place has uh, yeah. less gravity, right? Yes, you're one third gravity. Which so we should probably plan that they're probably going to have artificial gravity inside this thing. So we probably have to go back. We should probably plan for full gravity once we're. Yeah, here. yeah. All right, I say, I say hatch. Well, I think we should take the cred sticks with us just in case someone steals our ship. They don't also take our cred sticks. Okay. Oh yeah, of course. Those that's easy. They don't that's even fine. have a weight. I'll, I'll hold on to the cred sticks. All right, let's go. All right, are we ready? Yes. Yep. Yes. Everyone gather around. Are we going to tell stories? It's the story of the hatch. We've got to go back, Jack. We've got to go back. It's the story of the go of the. Oh, what's it from? Uh, from uh, Mad Max. Oh yes, that's. Let me tell you the story. The learning of a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Thunderdome, really? Mm -hmm. That's not Mad Max. Wow, it was Thunderdome. You're right, but still, it's it's. It, well, I mean, the, well, that is the yeah. origin story. I mean, that is a very important scene. <laughs> uh, the kids, <laughs> the kids, the kids make me angry. Twenty years later, it's still sad. I just watched Fury Road. God, that is such a good movie. Such a good movie. <laughs> such a good movie. I think basically you make a movie every. 10 years and it's always going to be a really good movie. You just can't <laughs> can't bang him out. Director. You can't bang him out. Let's ignore that he's in his late 70s now. Every 10 years for the rest of the time that director needs to be. Yeah. So the hatch you open up and it leads into a dark and oppressive tunnel below the asteroid surface. You go down into it walking and it gives way to a severe chamber Crafted of metal and concrete, a wide sliding door stands on the far wall of this room, rust dappling its edges like a rotten lace. A single light above the doorway flickers weakly. Uh, huh. Two questions. One, do, is there artificial gravity already? The gravity appears to be the same as the asteroid. That's good. And okay. it is still... Oh, thin atmosphere in this area. Well, we could be outside an airlock, though. I mean, I get that. But that's my next question is, how old does this chamber seem? Decades? Centuries? Millennia? Well, you were going down through 
basically unworked stone walls of a tunnel. This area that you're now in, which is 15 feet by 35 feet with a 10-foot wide metal door to the west, which is closed, appears to be reinforced concrete with steel beams, and the ceiling is 15 feet high. It appears to be quite new. Hmm. Okay. Thank you. I activate my flashlight hmm. and I draw my pistol. Yeah, that sounds okay. like a good idea. Uh, your, your, light, your light blinds me. Oh, get yeah, that out of my way. Don't look at me. Don't I don't need it. With that light. Really? Um, you don't need it? Just ignore me. Don't worry about it. That's fine. I just don't need it. I, uh, Mo says we have to watch out for pressure, depressurization when we open that door. I don't want to get knocked out of there. It's, we used to do that to each other back in the army and, uh, it's good for good for a laugh, but not good when you got weapons. So, all right. So that means you go first. I'd stand to the side. Yeah. Well, I'll go first, but you guys might want to stand to the side. Done. I will pull out two weapons. One is I'll get, my, I'll get my weapon out as well. One is my arc pistol. The other one is my short range extra damage. Weapon. How does this uh, door open? Is this a physical push, or is there buttons or levers or knobs? Blinking, beeping. Well. There is an outer door that led into this area, so this appears to be the inner door. Oh, can we shut the outer door? Is, or is it tooled? No, you can shut it. Okay, we're going to shut that. Boom. Okay, now now this door, uh, the sliding door, um, I'm going to open it. However, that is, is, is it physical or is there like a keypad? It appears you will have to either open it with pure strength or engineering. Oh, someone say engineering. Someone's going to have to run a bypass. Yeah, run a bypass. Let me see what I can do. Stop. Have a time. As you walk in front of the door and try to open up the panel, suddenly a mist appears in front of you and Mr. Moe. The mist is surrounding you. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm okay. I'm over to the side. Um, I back away if I can. Don't bring it over here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just have to outrun Hiroji. The fun part is, although you're wearing your suits and they are airtight, you suddenly see the mist appearing inside your helmet and inside your suit. It seems to have permeated wow. your suit and is now going into you. Into Mo. What? And Tuttle. Oh, no. But not me. Give me allowed. a will save. Oh, the mind control. Two. Oh, I didn't get it. Uh, four or three. Four or three. Okay, I want to just shoot Mo now, preemptively. Oh, I'm going to teach you guys some respect. Apparently so. You're about to turn on us. You mind controlled, yeah. Matt. I'm going to womp you one. Oh, no. Tuttle, you have a minus one will save. It actually will also hit Hiroji, but it will not hit Cheddar. Do Cheddar I have a status no effect of some sort? Because I should have a, normally have a zero. Maybe oh, have a sorry, that. since it's been a little while since the last time we played. Uh, we did get mind controlled by that thing in the acid. The acid pool thing. I wonder if there's still something affecting me, and should it be? I don't have any effects on me, it looks like, though. What's your will? It's supposed to be a... I got a wisdom of 10, so I'm at zero. I should My normal modifier should be zero, unless there's something else acting on me. Oh, is it zero? What's your? What's it supposed to be, six, eight, and zero, or what? 
What's your save supposed to be? This is weird. Oh, yeah. hold on a second. I mean, D20 Pro has them as 3, 5, and minus 1, but let me check my character sheet. Yeah, I have a wisdom 0, Actually, but I have a plus 1 will. Technomancer, they have bonuses. Hold on. Saves. Hold on. Oh, please, let me just destroy Yeah, look at it. At first level Rusty. of Technomancer, you've got a plus 2 bonus. Oh, this will be good. I'm going to be able to cleave Rusty and Hiroji. They're mm-hmm. right next to each other. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I'm going to go looking, too. Uh, can I ready my action? Yeah, my will save is... My saves are not correct on there, either. It's weird. No, no, let's start over. Okay, good. Uh, like, we totally got messed up. Let's well, double well check saves, everyone... Yeah. Wait, well, let's wait till everyone has their saves done correct. Uh, mine, sa- mine are I'm correct. I'm good. All done. I'm checking all of them, though I'd like to keep that 20 if possible. There you go. Last roll counts. No. Do you want me to roll over again? Yeah, everyone will roll over. Hold oh, on. okay. Not me. I was out well, of the line freebie. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I have. I don't think I have to roll. Boy, we're lucky that uh, Mo told you guys to go to the side. Otherwise, you'd be yeah. too. Yeah, we still had to open the door. I mean, worked for me. I ended up not getting hit even after the line of effect was out. I suppose I should have done a perception look for traps first. Mm. If we only had a thief class. I'm ready to roll another character. Okay. Okay, here we go. So, this is what happens. There's a mist that appears to spray through a vent above the door. The mist appears to surround Mr. Tuttle, Mr. Moe. It hits... Uh, cheddar and it does hit Hiroji. That the, no. the only one who's out of it is Rusty. As usual. Yep. And the problem is that the mist is going into your suits and it appears in front of your face. So everybody, give me a will save, fresh right. will save to see what happens. Cuddle gets a sixteen. Hiroji gets an eleven, and Mo gets an eighteen. Is Cheddar affected by this? No. He has no mind. He can't breathe. He can't breathe either. Okay, right now, I only trust Cheddar. I don't trust any of the rest of you. The people who are affected, which is only Tuttle and only Mr. Hiroji, it's not that bad. You feel kind of goofy. And all it is is just... It's not so bad. It's only a minus four penalty to your intelligence, your wisdom, and your charisma. Ah. Uh, so don't worry about that. Um, everything else is fine. So I'm oh. still smarter than Mo. Oh, <laughs> and your skill checks and your saving throws. So oh, oh, just wow. minus four to everything. Actually, so I'm still smarter than everyone else in the party. Yes. yes. Except for me. And by the um, way, you all think I look really impressive right now. It's a comparative charisma thing. Is this a knowledge uh, physical science check? What, if you want to know what this is? Yeah. Sure. Mo doesn't have that. Uh, I feel ge- goofy. I feel lightheaded. Yes, you do. You guys can make checks. Just put a minus four to all your checks. Yep. I will not. I have what kind? What science. kind? Of, is it a is it a medicine check or F- physical it? science fifteen? Physical science fifteen, maybe, maybe. All right, it's this number minus four. 
I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm I, I am so looking forward Six. to explaining science to all of you. I am so I, I, looking forward I, I, to all of you. I want you all, goddammit, Tuttle. Oh my god, Tuttle still gets a 21. Tuttle fights through it. Even though he's, he's, wow. he's all, like, befuddled, he still knows what this is. Tuttle, what's happening to us? You have been... Well, that hit. feels like that should be a little bit lower, though. I think it's probably minus four. So I think I'm still getting my yeah, full it's input. still a twenty-one. Okay, so let's no, 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 no. start manually. I'm not doing it through the computer. You just do it for now. Uh, I don't want to fool around with it. So just do it. You roll the twenty-five minus four. So you make it to make it a twenty-one. Okay, right. Yeah. So what happens uh, is Rusty starts human explaining what the science that's going on, and immediately Tubbo starts correcting you, idiot, and actually tells us the real thing. So pretty much. So business as usual. Right. Oh. These are mind spores. Oh, man, that sounds And good. they appear to have been engineered in such a way that they can penetrate breathing apparatus. That's fancy. So they were designed to actually hit you and permeate your suits. And it hit almost everybody, but not quite. One person was at a line of fire. So good job setting off the trap. Now, if you want to try to open up the door, you can try computers to, sorry, engineering to disable the device and open up the door or strength to smash the lock and force the dented door open. Well, I went to all the trouble, so I guess I'm going to try an engineering. Before we do that, though, what more about these mind spores? Yeah, like how long does we get rid of them? How do we get rid of them? That's what I want to know is if you guys know how long this lasts. Only a couple of hours. No, that's not so. Does it like cause any permanent damage? To, like spores go into my brain, or there's a danger you might become undead. No more than usual. <laughs> oh man, I don't feel so good. Mo doesn't see the problem. Yeah, it's uh, it'll last a, it'll last a little while. It's up to you if you want to keep going. Uh, so take that down to a fourteen from an eighteen. You're like. Uh huh. <laughs> uh, wires. It, do, it doesn't. It doesn't affect. Um. It doesn't affect. Uh. Attacks, Intelligence, right? wisdom, and charisma. So okay. For you. All right. Now. I'm gonna try my engineering. Uh. Nine. That's a ten. Ten. That's a ten. 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 Jeez. Both of you. You rolled a two and a three. Good job. Ugh. I've every roll. I've not rolled a roll above a nine tonight yet. You will. Maybe an eight. Maybe. All right. We're going to uh, strength the, our way through here. Uh, boys, boys, boys. Let me show you how this works. Well, all right. My engineering of 19, I attempted to save. You look impressive in your failed attempt. <laughs> yeah. God damn right. it. You were close. No step cigar. aside, little man. All right. I'm going to step aside. I'm not feeling too good. All right. He cracks look, his I'm the smartest person Except Tuttle. All right, he sets his footing, and he pushes the door open. I'm definitely smarter than you, Rusty. 18, push. Uh, Not even close. What's really? Your, what's your intelligence? Average, 10. A... Yeah, mine's 14. Uh, uh, not anymore. That's true. It's 10 now. No, it's 10. <laughs> Actually, I have an intelligence of 13. I take it back. Wait a I minute. I'm considerably smarter than you. Is this a strength check or an athletics check? Strength. Pure strength. All right. Well, okay. can we keep trying engineering? I guess we're done. Yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah. was a good game. Yes, this was going. a good uh, adventure. All right, let's try. I'm going to try my engineering again. I, I, I think I got it this time. Okay. Um, 
Briars. 13. 13. <laughs> nope. I am getting such great rolls that are 18. Working. Nope. Tuttle. Try again. 21. 17. 17. Nope. Well, we can You take... only rolled a 5. What's that? There you go. How about a 22? Let's just take 20. Nope. There's no There's no ill effects. Actually, True. if he can True. take 20, then... Oh, there we go, Tuttle. Yeah. He gets a, he a natural twenty. Twenty natural twenty. He's like, he's like, God's damn it! I'm going to figure this out, and then you figure it out. You're like, aha, aha! You don't like being befuddled, but you manage to finally override the lock, cycle the airlock, and can now open up the inner door. This appears to be an airlock, and by the way, it's dim light, and the only light above you is that dimly blinking, flashing. Do you open Sesame? Uh, actually, for one thing, I tell Hiroji to turn off his light because he had pulled one out before. Let's keep it to the dim light. I'll be able to oh, see just fine. Okay. Uh, in case there's something on the other side, you'll actually just let them know we're here. And then, uh, do we want to open the door now? Mm, let's sure. do a perception check first. Uh, I mean, listen, if there's anything listen, amiss. Listen a little. Is it a listen jar or something? Or? I was going to be just like looking for anything like another like another trap. All right. You guys rolling terrible perceptions because you're all minus four. Nineteen. And Mo, Mo gets a nineteen. How is that possible? Ah, uh, I have a nineteen. Oh. Wow, lots of nineteens. Now it looks like the uh, trap is off for now. Might reset. Who knows? Um. Okay. Do we want to wait out the two hours for you all to get your abilities back? I say no. Press on. I'm okay no. with proceeding. I mean, all right. It doesn't affect my combat, so that's the thing. Right, you don't need brains or wisdom or being pretty to shoot something. Pull trigger. Or, or make saving throws. Aim down saving range. Thing. Yeah. All right, eh. open the door. Uh, we, I'm sorry, we open the door cautiously and I peer through because I'll be able to see. How can you see so good? You're a human, no? Uh, actually, I don't think you knew this. Uh, humans have exceptionally good eyesight ever since we came, became a spacefaring race. Oh, that's true. Well, I have infrared uh, in my suit, actually. Yeah, yeah pretty vision. much. I have dim light vision and infrared. Uh, my bluff about humans having exceptional air, uh, eyesight is a thirty-five bluff. Oh yeah, no, he totally buys that you you have superpowers. You're like you're like Superman. Yeah, humans in general have extraordinary eyesight. Yes, that's not. Yes. Are you are you a genetically enhanced human? I think that's illegal. I didn't say that. I said humans have exceptional eyesight. Riveted walls of steel around the airlock hatch extend into a cavernous gloom. At the chamber's center stands a wide computer console that practically stretches to the ceiling. Rows of grimy buttons frame its blank display screen, from which emanates the faintest of glows. Mm. Any of you engineers like uh, glows? What is glow? If only we had some people with intelligence. Yeah, I'm feeling a little dizzy, and 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 uh, Hiroji is sort of like stumbling around, like. He's messed up. I'm going to go ahead and take a look at the computer. It is pitch black in this room, by the way. We, I think we all have infrared sensors, though, right? Yeah, infrared, dim light uh -huh. vision. Yeah. What does uh, Tuttle have? I forget. I think I have. I think I have dark, dark vision. vision. Yeah, you have that. I, I think I have as a racial. It's a, I have dark vision. Yeah, it's pitch black in here. It's not like oh, I mean, not there's dim. the no, it's not dim. So. It's, it's uh, and I also have dark vision as a racial. I turn on the light in my suit. 
Yes, you can. Hello. Okay, now I can see. Sensors too, no? Yeah, and infrared. You guys have lots of stuff. All right. So, uh, can any of you disadvantagedly intelligent people figure out this computer? I will be happy to give it a shot. I will assist. Uh, engineering or physical science? So, I assist plus two. So, Tuttle, what are you trying to do? Is you roll a four for your computer? Just <laughs> trying to get logged in and see what this computer does or whatever. The computer terminal, as you go up to it, you sort of wake it up, and it appears to be a pretty high-level computer. You will actually need a fair amount of success to hack it. You, uh, you obviously, when you <laughs> a 17 or 13 won't cut it, or even whatever you rolled, a, a 13 at this point. Both of you have 13s. So, yeah, you, you have to decide if you want to try, try and risk hacking this thing, perhaps, like, setting off some countermeasures, or do you just want to leave it, or do you want to not get befuddled and fool around with it. Now, is this, this the, is this where we wait it out? And yeah, I think we need to wait it out now. Why don't yeah. we see about waiting out the spores then? Well, we can All also right. explore this room a little bit. A little bit, yeah. A L- little recon. Well, here, you know what? I'm fine while the rest of you are obviously, you know, crippled. I'm gonna, I'll look around. So it continues far to the west. I fail. Oh, wait. Okay, stop, Mo. You look far to the west. Half a dozen tiered pillars are interspersed throughout this wide hallway, which ends in a concave wall made of plated steel. Oh boy, this is a fighting hallway, boys. A strange pile of body parts and viscera lies next to the easternmost pillar. A faint scent of ozone hangs in the air. All right, so... Frankenstein's monster! All right, so get your uh, energy weapons. Uh, Oh, I've got my energy weapons. Yeah, um, are we planning on waiting this out? So my next question is, did we close the airlock door behind us? It's still open. Sure. I go back and I close it. All right, yeah. Now we're um, trapped. <laughs> as you close it, you feel like the air in this place, It's it, your sensors on your suit tell you that it is breathable. Oh, good. Right. You're still in low gravity, but you're not in um, uh, low... So we can turn off our, our uh, flight support. Yeah. yeah, yeah, if you want. Guys, I think this is a uh, blind fire grenade um, situation. You should just start throwing grenades randomly down the hallway. Just, just shake, uh, rattle some cages down there. Mo, I think actually you got reverse spores because that's actually one of your more intelligent thoughts was to just throw mm. grenades randomly down a hallway. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's my calling card. What What's to the north? Then what, what do I see? Is that a hallway? And south. To where you are? Oh, yeah, hold on. from where I am. It's like a curved wall. I mean, you can tell it's going to go to... So oh. it's just sort of, yeah. Um, it's, just, it's just curved. Oh, so it's a wall. It's not a passageway. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a wall. It's sort of like... It looks like a knife. Sorry, it looks like a sword on its side. It does. It, yeah. It does. It, so there's a hallway. So basically, the hallway is long. It goes to the west, like, a good about 100 feet. There's one, two, three, six pillars. There's double doors to the north and the south by those pillars. Those pillars are 10 feet tall. The ceiling is 15 feet tall. It's pitch black in here. There is breathable atmosphere. And you're in front of a computer terminal that goes all the way up to the ceiling that appears to have a glow-dimming light and is probably pretty hard to hack. And the pillars have viscerae on them? 
One of the pillars to the east, sort of near Mo, has some viscerae on it, yes. You mean... I thought it was the farthest pillar. To the uh, Gore next to the eastern pillar. It appears to be... Oh, a, next to um, me. Remains of, let's see, Gore. A mass of Gore. Oh, okay. I bet uh, you this computer controls these pillars in some way. Alright, so... I'm going to turn my lights on in my suit, so I have a flashlight looking where I'm looking. And I have infrared. I'm going to get away from this pillar. Uh, I'm going to inspect the remains. Uh, in the meantime, while he's doing that, uh, Dr. Tuttle, do you think there's any way you could speed along the recovery process of the spores? Would a med patch help or some sort of medical implement? That's a good question. Because you could try medicine. Actually, it would be mysticism, believe it or not. Really? Oh, let me take care of that. 19. Wow. Wow. Mo will just tell you how to handle Mo. <laughs> the good news is, the bad news is, no, that will not help. The good news is, oh. this might only last like a few hours. Like, this is not that bad. Mo's seen some things. Yeah. All right. I, I say we wait the few hours. Yeah. Are you going to wait the few hours? It doesn't affect our combat performance though yes it true does. but it does affect it's our messing with this computer though saving throws oh, right. skill well, checks let's, let's, so, you know, we no, got two bad. doors north and south we've got a whole room we haven't explored let's uh i mean we can search in here before we rest and listen at the doors sure. but we're not gonna open the doors mm, all right if that's the way the you guys want to handle it hey everyone steve here so this is one of the problems when you play online for us, everything runs pretty smoothly. I'd say about 90, 97% of the time. But this is one of those 3% of the times where we were having technology issues. And unfortunately, it happened right when Bob and probably John were about to go and set off one of the greatest traps I've ever seen in role-playing. And instead, that is the exact moment when the program decided to not really work the way we wanted it to work. So we had to stop playing and sort that all out, and we got it all fixed. But by the time we came back, I kind of forgot what was going on because I was spending so much time running the game and then fixing these technology issues that they didn't go and set off the traps, which really stinks because this trap was absolutely fantastic. I actually really regret it. If I could do it again, I would have put this trap in. Maybe I can somehow sneak this trap into a later part of the game just to see what would happen. Maybe I'll rename it and call it something else. But, oh, this trap is so good. I do go into details all about it, and you're going to hear what happened. But, yeah, a lesson learned for myself is that before something happens, try to take notes and even ask the players what you were last doing because I just picked it up where I thought it was last left off, which was them resting. But in reality, it was actually them exploring the room. So lesson learned for myself. Anyhow, let's pick this up where we last left off. So you guys hang out in this room. You play some part cheesy. You're just hanging out, goofing around for four hours. And after four hours of hanging out in this room, you feel better. Thank God. Uh, I'm playing Fortnite. All right. All right, let's take another look at this computer. Should I assist you? Every little, my, every assist, little bit my assist is automatic, so you I get assist. a plus two automatically from me. I have to roll. I'm assist. You get a plus two for me. 
You get nothing from the. Oh, wow. 35. Wow. 35. The tier 3 computer you successfully hack quite easily. And once you have access to the computer, you search a little bit about it. It appears that you can easily restore light to the base. So you can turn on the lights if you want. The lighting system, however, is in disrepair. So it looks like you can't seem to have it go on to full light. It will only go on to dim light at most. But it's better than pitch black. Yeah, that's, that's I perfect. agree with that. That's perfect. Um, it would also announce to everyone in the space that we're here. That's okay. Let them. Here we are. In addition, the computer has control modules for two curious systems. One is labeled Entrance Deterrent, and the other is called Chamber of Devouring. Well, all right then. Entrance um, Deterrent, we've, yeah, we already we've experienced that know already, what right? That is. Ba- based on those names, J.K. Rowling wrote this computer code? What? Harry Potter and the Chamber of Devouring? Can we disable the entrance? They appear to require additional security measures to go through either of these modules. Well, well, let's give it a shot. Both of them are currently set to on. I vote we do Chamber of Devouring because... Off. Yeah, turn it off. Yeah, we don't care about... Let's try Chamber of Devouring. Yeah, once we're leaving, we don't I give you plus two yeah. bonus. Stupid these guys are. I will assist. You get nothing from them. That's good for me. And I assist as well. So you get... There you go. 27. 27. Nice. You manage to barely access the Chamber of Devouring computer module and you can either reset it or disable it. I'm feeling like disable is probably the way to go here. Yeah. Okay, you click the brains. You click disable and something happens. You have no idea what. I was going to say, is there a help menu that says what is the Chamber of Devouring? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) An FAQ for the Chamber of Devouring. (laughs) Find the readme file. I never read those. You want to try and one. disable the um, the front door deterrent? Is there a licensing agreement for the Chamber of Devouring? <laughs> <laughs> you can tell me, yeah, what else you want to do. So oh, that one's the door to be too. Turned off. There's entrance. I'll take a, I'll take a run at the entrance deterrent as well. Uh, I assist because that was annoying. But we now that we know it's there, we can always just kind of hold our breath or whatever. Plus two. Uh. Yeah, the... Oh, what did you get? 27 again. Yep. We know Once that again, works. again, you're able to barely get in, and you can either reset it or disable it. Disable. Okay, you turn off the entrance deterrent. That's good. All right. I feel much better now. Job. Okay, there... now, find the file that transfers all of their financial records to our control. Oh, Yeah. That well, is there anything in there as far as like transmission logs or any information on the stuff sent from Castrovel? You spend a little time and find out that this terminal merely controls the base's operation systems and does not contain any logs or sensitive operating data. This is merely <laughs> the lighting panel. It's a light switch by the door. That's cool. Who it works. created this unnetworked system. I just want to know in the year 20 million or whatever we're Someone running, who wants a secure they, they system, obviously. Is. 
No, 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 no. These are net, these are security it's pros. Peer to peer network. No, this is just really crappy construction. I'm just saying it's very inefficient. Well, if I didn't, I think we should go ahead and turn the lights on because okay, yeah, yeah it'll alert people here, but they don't know that it's not another cultist who turned it on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it is another cultist. Dim light. We, we want to be able to see all the way a bit better because I mean our dark vision only goes sixty feet. Yeah. Let's go ahead and turn the lights on. Does that require? You turn the lights on. Oh. And the lights all go on. The entire area is now open and set to dim light. There we are. Uh, Mo, Mo, take your pick, north or south. Well, uh, I rolled a perception on this pillar way back when. Uh, I rolled a 18. Oh, no, 17 plus 4, 21. So what are you looking? Oh, the perception. So the guts. Yeah, Yeah. Well, this is the weird part. You don't know. You need to roll mysticism because they appear to be unlike anything you've seen before. Oh, He's good at that. Yeah, I t- I'll tell you what exactly what this is. Um, I'll take a look. What's funny is <laughs> uh, I got uh, what's his face Tuttle's portrait in my uh, character uh, screen. Wait a minute. Hold on. All right. Okay, maybe I was looking at Tuttle. I think I can look at your. Uh, That's what I get. Finally, good roll. 23. While uh, Mo is like looking around <laughs> in his hands Fumbling and saying, around. wow, what's going on over here? And he's just goofing off. Hiroji is like, <clears throat> uh, yeah. So this is what you see. This appears to be the remains of some manner of undead humanoid. It's difficult to discern the creature's exact features because the corpse has been cut into little bitty chunks. Mm, rusty. All right. There's an undead over here. Well, ow, gross. Keep it away from me. <sighs> it's diced, too. It's a diced uh, undead humanoid. That's horrific. I don't care. Sorry. Diced, I, what do I desiccated care? Undead. human. All right. Well, hey, what uh, are these pillars that is, function? That is an ex-parrot. Yeah, these pillars look weird. Do these pillars have like a, a mechanical or electronic function, or are they just pillars? Uh, a few things. So the puddle of gore appears to be, they're all chunks, and they're all about the same size. They appear to be about three inches by three inches by three inches. It appears to be a humanoid turned into a ton of cubes. I'm glad we turned off that uh, chamber chamber of I am so glad goddamn angry that you turned that off because this was one of the most fantastic traps i've ever seen i i'm guessing it's something like a resident evil thing maybe it is exactly like resident evil or the beginning of cube if you remember oh Oh, yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. it literally is that i'm freaking angry um (laughs) because god damn it would have been fun if you went through that <sighs> but it's turned why, why, why off. Why did they even bother? Why, why yeah. did they even well, bother putting yeah. them in? Yeah. Well, because we we got we had I had people who are good at at that particular thing. Well, like engineering. to be you fair, could, let's say Tuttle Tuttle was good at that. That he gets the win on this one. Steve, I'm glad that you read the entire section on that trap, though. I think it's important. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, uh, anyway, we walked through the. Do you wish again. to go through the pile of gore? Actually, Rusty went through the trap, but I stopped you. Oh, you. right. Because um, you were checking out that door. But I was nice. You remember that. was that. nice. You, you right? remember that, Bob. Uh, uh, I'll remember it for about an hour. Sure. 
<laughs> you better remember that. I, I'm uh, not gonna sleep. So what would have happened? I guess it would have been it would have yeah. been, been cubed, huh? Well, let's uh, search these cubes for uh, magic items. In Ooh. Okay, you're going to go through the cubes? You find in the cubes a mostly intact patch from the creature's environmental suit. A patch? What's that mean? A patch. A patch. Like identification like patch. patch or a nicotine patch? Yeah. or Like a patch. Yeah, nicotine. No, I'll show you what it looks like. A patch from the suit. I'm seeing some cool stuff here. That is what the patch looks like. It appears to be a skull with kind of fire coming out of its eyes. It's all gray, an insignia of some sort. Uh, uh, is it military insignia? Perhaps. You'd have to uh, give me I a check. I could do a knowledge check for that. Yes, yeah, I'll roll a 20. What culture, type of check? It's a culture check, actually. Culture check, I will assume. Um, uh, my roll is plus six. Well, I... Would have done better rolling myself rather than assisting you. Okay, so let me a, take a look at that. Uh, actually, no. Mine, mine's a fifteen. Well, actually, a plus two for me, John. It's a seventeen. So that's a seventeen. You believe this patch is from the corpse fleet? Corpse fleet, like corps, is C O R P S. No, corpse, as okay. in corpse, dead body. That's the exiled remnant of the Eoxian Navy. Basically, you know a little bit about this. A little. The corpse fleet is a rogue agent from Eox. After Eox basically signed the Pact Treaty, they didn't all agree on how to do this and how to, um, you know... Join the core, you know, join the pack worlds and, and make nice with the humans and living creeps. The corpse fleet was a splinter cell that broke off from Eox and wants to kill all humanoids, kill the humanoids. They they want nothing to do with breathing kill, creatures. To kill all non undead, I'm guessing. Yes, all yes. life. Yeah. yeah, they want to kill all non life. They they were upset that the Humans and other humanoid-esque living creatures have anything to do with Eox, so they left. And they have a quite a formidable army, and they're actually very large. No one knows where they are, and they're just sort of rogue agents, and they're all over the place. But, uh, yeah. And this looks very, very fresh. Hours, days, weeks. Yes. One of All those. Right, that's okay. one of those. This is uh, interesting. Hours, days. All right. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'll take custody of that, just for no good reason. It's not like I have any relationship with the ox or anything. But here, let me hold on to that. Yeah, I was gonna say, Rusty. Maybe you might know a little more about that. Or... I don't know anything about it. But let me just hold on to that for a bit. Okay. Mo's gonna open the door to the north. I have my pistol ready. Well, you asked me about the pillars. By the yeah, oh, pillars. Sorry, yeah. I didn't know. Sorry, yeah, sorry, I'm doing just a lot. You guys asked no, me. No. You guys just, you asked me like 20 things, and I gotta go through. Sorry, them. sorry, sorry. The pillars are 10 feet high and constructed of treated adamantium alloy. They appear to be quite reflective. You are guessing that these were designed to reflect this laser lattice to cut you up into itty bitty, teeny tiny little cube like pieces. Nice. 
which you successfully avoid. Why don't you turn it back on and you could do like a ninja warrior course and see if you can like jump through it. I think you do pretty well. I could do well with that, actually. Actually, it's tempting, I'm, a little, but... I'm a little concerned that Tuttle is still back at the computer while we're in the in middle fact, of this. Look, I sent here is a picture. They actually even made a picture of you going through the corpse. I mean, the laser course. Look at that. Look how much fun that looks. Nice. Like. You mean the course that the, the core core went through? Yes. The corpse core <laughs> corpse core thing. Yes. Come on. We ran Turn through it back this on. course. Of course. I bet you why why, really why are there other pictures here that shouldn't be here? Oh, those pictures were there to show you what the corpse fleet. Uh, sorry. What the devourer cultists look like in their armor. Oh, yeah. That's cool. They look cool. So come on. Doesn't look like fun. Doesn't look like. Uh, Something you'd want to do in your spare time is jumping through lasers. Looks like the danger room from the X-Men. Well, there's that cool little dance number from the second Ocean's Eleven film. Yeah, that is. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Actually, I was thinking of the uh, Sean Connery movie with uh, oh, with uh, Zeta Jones. Jones. Yeah, yeah. Right. Eh, not a great movie. <laughs> not a good movie in any way, shape, or form. But it does have that very cool number. Anyhow. Now, finally, you are up to the northern doors. Is everyone going there to the north? Yeah, sorry, I'll get up there. Are you riding uh, Cheddar the whole time? I hadn't been, but As actually, at this point, I'm going to get on Cheddar and ride the ride the saddle. Ride, 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 ride. Let's mount up. Hey, everyone, Steve here. So there we go. What could have been the greatest trap in the history of all time that could have turned all of our heroes into little cubes of flesh did not occur because I sort of messed up. As I said before, I will see if I can try to get it into some other portion of the game. Kind of sneak it in there. I want to put it in an organic way, but yeah, I feel bad that I kind of messed it up. I don't know if it really would have killed anyone, but it sure would have been memorable. And for that alone, I wish I set it off. But real life interfered, and unfortunately, it did not go off. Or rather, I forgot to set it off, and I didn't do it the way I expected to do it. Anyhow, as for this week's PC GM tip, this is one I'm actually very excited about. And I decided I'm going to start doing some more PC tips because I do so many GM tips. And there's not everyone who does GMing who listens to the show, I presume. Well, usually it's four to one in terms of PCs to GMs. So probably a good 80% of you are actually players. So these tips will be more valuable to you. And this one I gave a lot of thought to. And this one actually might be a bit long, but let's go into it. And this is how to make incredibly awesome PCs. So how do you make a really good PC? How do you make a PC that's really memorable? So one of the things that I like to do in my spare time is I actually study quite a bit of how characters are created and depicted in films, television, and video games. It's a topic of mine that I study quite a bit. I go to lectures on it. I read about it. I watch videos on it. And in doing so, you can learn a lot about, well, if you know how to do character development for books or film or TV, it actually helps a lot in creating characters for role-playing games. So I could talk about this for hours, but I kind of figured out a way to sort of bring this down to just a couple of minutes. That should be very helpful for everyone. The basic concept is 
What you want to do when you start out with a character is you want to come up with their macro motivations and their micro motivations. And what do I mean by that? Think of it this way. The macro motivations are like what they want to get out of their life. Why did they become an adventurer? What is their point? Why are they here? And that is sort of a one to two sentence overview of like, oh yeah, I am this guy and I'm here to do this because this is my end goal. And that is very important to give sort of a overall architect to your character. And then the micro motivations are how you work and act on a day-to-day basis. So let me give you two real world examples of how you can see this being done. And I'm going to be using video games because, well, before I did this, I did a video game podcast and I study this a lot in video games. And I feel that there's two video games that encompass this better than any other that I can think of. The first is The Sims. So The Sims is obviously one of the most popular video games of all time in history. And one of the main reasons is that you get to live a life that you don't get to normally live, which is one of the big reasons people do role playing anyhow, or watch movies or watch TVs, is that most people's lives are rather boring and they're very rote and mundane. But then you get to watch something super exciting and then you can think about, oh, what would my life be as that person? Well, The Sims is the same thing. Now, one of the things about The Sims that makes it so incredibly popular is that what Will Wright managed to do is that he broke down all The Sims' motivations into multiple arcs. And what we call this is sort of the cascade of desires. There's a whole bunch of different terms for it. That's only what I call it. But this is what it is. Everyone has motivations and desires, and they go from very short term to very long term. For example... So your motivation right now for the next minute or so is, okay, I'm going to be drinking this coffee and eating this Danish while I'm in my car going to work. And then the next 10 minutes will be, I'm going to listen to this podcast while I'm driving to work. The next hour's motivation is, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to work today. The next day's motivation is, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to go home and then I'm going to do something with my friend. The next week's motivation is, oh, I'm going to go to work this week, but then this weekend I'm actually going to see a play and go to a baseball game. And then your month's motivation might be, okay, I actually have a big party that I'm planning for at the end of the month, so throughout the month I have to plan for the party and get everything for the party. Your year-long motivation could be, okay, I'm going on vacation later this year, and I have to save up and plan for that vacation. And then your next 10-year motivation could be, okay, I'm actually saving up to get married and move into a house, so I've been planning for that for the next 10 years. So you see what I'm saying is that everyone in their lives has these. You all have these motivations from what's going on in your life right now to what's going on in your life in the next hour, day, week, month, year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, etc. And you all know this. You know this instinctively. This is your life. So again, macro to micro motivations you need to think about what are those motivations for my PC. Now, you don't have to come up with them exactly, but what are their long-term motivations? Why are they doing this? What is their motivation to go on this adventure? Where do they wish to be in a year, 10 years? That's the macro motivations. The micro motivations, which is what you're doing in the next 5-10 minutes, that is going to come out throughout gameplay. That's how you figure out the personality of your PC. Now, that's just going to naturally come out. But again, if you can sort of outline that in broad strokes, it'll help you with your role playing of your character. 
So that was the first example. And again, if you think about The Sims, The Sims is so successful is because they constantly are giving you these goals. Everything from one minute to 10 minute to one hour to one day to one week to one month motivations. And because they're using real life as the background and everyone knows what real life is because everyone's living their lives, it's something that's really easy for you to get into and to understand. And the reason people like The Sims so much is because it allows them to live a life they normally couldn't live. And it's fairly realistic. So this is one of the main reasons why The Sims is so popular for so many years is it allows you to live an alternative life that is very reflective of real life life. Now the other example I'm going to be using is Grand Theft Auto and pretty much anything by Rockstar Games. Rockstar Games by far, Bioware is up there too, but Rockstar, every single thing they've created their character depictions, especially in the later games, are unbelievably well done. Some of the best writing I've ever seen. And the best one is Grand Theft Auto V. In Grand Theft Auto V, for those of you who aren't familiar, you get to play three main characters. Michael, Franklin, and Trevor. Michael is a guy who's in his late 40s who used to be a criminal, and he went straight. He actually has the idyllic life. He's rich, he has a wife, he has two kids, and he hates his life. It turns out that everything he thought he wanted or he thought he should have had, he actually doesn't like. He doesn't like his life, and even though he thought this is what he should have had, and in some ways he kind of enjoys the comforts of it, he misses his old life as a criminal, and he misses the excitement he had when he was younger. That's why he goes back to a life of crime. That's sort of his main motivation. His macro is, you know what? This isn't what I really thought it would be. My life has kind of fallen apart. Things aren't going the way I wanted them to go. I'm going back to the way it was. Then you have Franklin. Franklin is a former gangbanger who wants to make really big money, but he's now in his late 20s, and those days are behind him. He doesn't do gangbanging. And he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how to actually go on with his life because he's no longer in a gang. A lot of those people he knew are either in jail or dead. And he needs to figure out, okay, now what? Now I'm no longer in that life and I want to get rich. How do I do it? And he has to figure out how to move forward with his life and how to get the lifestyle that he wants. And he falls in with Michael and that's how crimes begin. The finally, the last one, which is everyone's favorite, is Trevor. Trevor grew up with a physically abusive father and an emotionally abusive mother, and he is, well, psychotic. He is actually psychotic. He is driven by desire and resentment, and that's it. However, he does care about people close to him, and he will do anything for those people who are close to him. And that is his motivations. So all three of these are very different characters with very different motivations. And one of the reasons why Grand Theft Auto V is the most profitable piece of media in the history of mankind. That's right. Single most profitable piece of media ever created in history. Over $6 billion. Not a franchises of one game has made over $6 billion and counting. It's because... All three of these characters have very clear motivations. They're very different, and you get to play all three of them at will, and you can switch between them whenever you want. And everyone sees a little bit of themselves in each of them, and also they can get out some desires that they normally wouldn't get out in normal life. 
Michael, a lot of people can see, especially if you're older, it's like, oh, that's kind of like my life. Some people can see Franklin in their lives. And Trevor, Trevor is sort of the release valve, if you will. A lot of people like Trevor because he's nuts and he can go kill people and no one feels bad about it. And he's just a funny character. And by switching between these three characters, you get to have this whole range of emotions, which is why this is one of the most successful games of all time. And it's so much fun to play. Now, with that in mind, and if you see how I outlined each of those, think of your character and think of how your character would fit in with a party. You could have Michael, Franklin, and Trevor almost like a little party, a party of three, and each of them brings something different to the table. I won't get into this too much, but if you look it up or if you played this game, you'll see that each of these guys have skills and weaknesses that are better than others. Again, they're kind of like classes in a role-playing game, and each of them help out each other in some way. They're all brought together because they all like to do crime, and they all have different reasons of why they're doing those crimes. Michael is trying to just get out the thrills and have the excitement he used to have when he was younger. Franklin is in it for the money. Trevor just wants revenge, and he enjoys this. So again, all three of them are doing the same thing, but for different reasons. So think about when you're making your character, how are your character fit into this world? What are their motivations? And then how can your motivations help out the rest of the party? That is really the best way to look at it. Anyhow, for you to make a good character, come up with the motivations, and then stick to them. That is very, very important. Stick to those motivations, even if they cause conflict in the party. And I don't mean PvP, that's a whole other thing. You shouldn't have conflict to the point that you actually start killing and attacking each other. That's not the same. We're talking about conflict, emotional conflict, but you guys are still a team, okay? A perfect example is Hiroji. For those of you who remember, when Hiroji killed that sniper just in cold blood, that was one of the most defining moments of our show because he did it because the character would have done it. Now, everyone else was stunned and shocked by him doing that, including myself. But his character felt that there was no more use for the sniper. They were just going to weigh you down. He was angry at him. He is a hunter, and he killed the sniper in cold blood. Everyone else was stunned because they would not have done that and their characters wouldn't have done it, but his did, and he made no real apologies for doing that. That is playing your character. I'll give you one more example, and then I'll close this out. When I was playing Woolholz, Woolholz was actually had motivations. His macro motivation was that he wanted to go on an adventure of a lifetime, get amazing material that will get him a prestigious post at the college, that is why he went on that crazy, dangerous adventure. You might think, well, why was he taking all that crap from Rusty? Why was he putting up with all that stuff that Rusty was throwing in his face? Why was he in this incredibly dangerous environment and sticking with them? Well, because he saw the light at the end of the tunnel and the reward was worth it. He knew what was going on. He knew he was kind of being treated like crap, but he also knew that these heroes knew what they were doing and they were fighting and they were winning. So he toted along, helped out, cooked his food, kept his mouth shut, made all of the notes. And then when he came back, if you remember, he was rewarded and then some. It worked out for him in the end. So he had a little bit of pain to actually get to his desire, but in the end, he got his desire. That is how I structured his character. 
So hopefully you're able to get something out of that. Again, this is a topic I can go on forever and ever, but you kind of get an idea of how you should write out your character, give the motivations, and then very importantly, stick to those motivations. If you do it from macro level, the micro ones will sort of gel automatically and they'll come out during play. You don't have to worry about those too much. If you want to, you can. I once saw a dwarf that would only use one sword, and only one sword because that was the sword of his ancestors, so nothing else. No matter what they found, no matter how powerful, that was it. I've seen a lot of similar things like that, and those are cute, and those do help with the character development of story, but it doesn't really add to the arc of the character. You need to have motivations and desires to make your character actually be interesting and move forward. Having accoutrements and being attached to them doesn't really do it but it can help in define the past of your character. For example, the sword connected him to his ancestors. Anyhow, I'm going on tangents here. You can kind of see what I'm getting at. I can go on this for hundreds of hours, but come up with the macro level, come up with the micro level, write them down, stick to them, and you should be good and have a great character. So a few show notes. First of all, I kind of had a mini contest on the Discord channel where people just gave me their favorite things about the show. And I'm just going to choose one at kind of random. And the winner is TK. TK said, my favorite thing to date is actually going on. The fact that one character is hiding the fact that they seem to be coming more and more undead as they level. This is hilarious to me. Also a great way of making characters develop new things as the game moves forward. A lot of players in my games don't want to change much at all. That's just part of the character's backstory, character art that they have in mind. So TK... You win. I'm going to give you something special. Get in touch with me. I don't even know what it is yet. I'm going to put something together. We'll talk about it. But there's another example of how to play a good character. Bob did not expect this to happen. And he and I have been talking. And I didn't railroad him. But he's fully embraced what's happening to his character. And his character is now growing in really cool and interesting ways. Even in ways he didn't expect. And this is something I always try to do whenever possible with my PCs is I talk to them about ways their characters can change and come up with ways that they can sort of grow their characters, whether it's through something horrible that happens to them or if they die and then come back and then they have a life-changing event or if something that they tell me about their character, like they're hunting for someone and then I have them find that person or if they're looking for like the long-lost brother or sister and then I have them reunite. Things like that. Things that move their character arc forward and have them change in ways that they didn't expect. Anyhow, TK, you won. Get in touch with me and we'll go from there. So don't forget, we have new podcasts every Tuesday. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and Androids. Jason's Talking Combat Column comes out every single Thursday. Do join our Discord channel. You can see images from the past shows. We have tons of games going on. we got something like 25 games going on of Starfinder and Pathfinder and Pathfinder Playtest. It's totally nuts. Just go to discord.rollforcombat.com. You could also talk about, well, anything Paizo related. Do follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Check out our Reddit channel. Check out our Patreon. 
And do check out Alien Archive 2. We are going to be doing a really long review of it very soon. We're getting it any day now. We'll get to read it over and tell you all about it. So do look for lots more interviews in the near future. Last week I spoke to James Jacobs. If you guys didn't check it out, we talked about all things Pathfinder. This guy is a legend. He's been around over 30 years in the industry. Talked about a whole bunch of really great things. Check out that interview. I'm going to talk to him a lot more and have him on the show because we could just go on and on and talk about role playing for the end of time. Anyhow, this was a long one. Let me go. I'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Starfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at rollforcombat.com or drop us a line at contact at rollforcombat.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, and other social media platforms. listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, send in the car, send in the car.